What's happening, everybody? This is V3Cast, the official Voyager 3 podcast, episode number 11. What's happening, fellas? Good to see you guys. What's up? Let's do What's it. Up? We're doing it, man. We're doing it. Hey, Let's uh, get into it. Yeah. Um, well, what are you drinking? For, for starters, I got to know. Aaron's going first. Oh, all Aaron. Right. It's all you, buddy. I'm drinking uh, tried and true Bloody Mary out oh, of yeah. the... Uh, the Batman glass. Vintage Batman glass. And this is uh, artwork by Neil Adams, who just died this week. So that's right. That's a little tribute to Neil Adams. Uh, his artwork is all around my house. That was deep, Aaron. You went yeah, deep. Was. Hey, is, how spicy is that Bloody Mary? It's a little bit extra spicy. I put some of that yeah. Tabasco scorpion. You oh, know? yeah. It, oh, is that, that the sauce that's green? No, no, no that's like, um, just like um, green chili or something. The, the scorpion is the new stuff, and it's it's the real deal, isn't it, Greg? It's hot. It's real yeah. hot. I like it though. It's kind of my go-to right now. Yeah, even a, even on, like an flavor. omelet or something. What's that to you? Even like on an omelet or something like that. Just yeah, oh, a couple yeah. dabs of that cheese oh, pizza. Oh, get it on there. Yeah, yeah. It's hot though, Steve. <laughs> I mean, you better go sparingly. Right. Yeah, just, right. A, just a couple drop or two to start with on your omelet and just spread it around with the fork. Right. And then once you build up a tolerance, then you can you can get a little more careless with it. Yes. Just slop kinda it all like, over everything. Kind of like how I do wasabi now. I put I put it too much on purpose because it's gonna hurt yeah. me good and I love it. <laughs> you wanna feel it. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Dig it. Greg, man, what do you got? I have a feeling it's gonna be awesome. I've been saving this one. Look at Dreadnought. that. Man. Dreadnought. Three Floyds. Three awesome. Floyds always has the best cans. I mean, God, do they make t-shirts of every one of those can designs? They should. No, but I, sh- I showed you guys saw the, like, that uh, obituary Three Floyds collaboration t-shirt that I wore to practice last time, right? Yep. Yeah. yeah so they it's do make the- t-shirts from time to time, but I don't know if they have... Like, I don't know if they make them for, like, all their beers, though. Yeah. Well, there's money to be made there, Three Floyds. Come on, man. We're looking out for you. That's right. (laughs) Yeah, they're leaving money on the table. How about Voyager Three Floyds? How about that gold mine? Yeah, Yeah, man. That sounds (laughs) nice. That sounds nice. And you know how good that can would look if we had a beer? Come on. Yeah, it would be. Oh, (laughs) God. It would be the best-looking can of beer ever. We might have to call up Ghoulish Gary for that can. Maybe right. see see if he can do it. <laughs> we can grease that wheel when we see Gary at uh at the oh, upcoming yeah. convention and Motor City Nightmares, man. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, we got some cool info to talk about that a little bit later on in this episode. It's going to be fantastic. Absolutely. All right, Steve. Let's see your white monster. Let's oh, see. Oh no, no, no! I I brought tonight white monster. Absolute favorite <laughs> favorite ginger beer that you can get. Oh yeah, locally. Cock and ball. <laughs> Aaron's favorite. Yes, I love that one. Where'd you get that from, Steve? Can you explain to the audience where you got that? Well, you let me know that Kroger carries it. I had no idea that Kroger had it, and uh, you picked up a pack for me for rehearsal, and then I just got a pack today at Kroger. See, cheers. See? Greg is like the drink hawk. He's always out yeah. there. 
Oh, I'm yeah. out there in the I'm out there in the streets, man. Man, every two days I get a text. Have you heard of this one yet? I'm gonna get you yeah. one. I'm like, thanks, man. So next rehearsal, I have a brand new thing to try. Um, yeah, what was the one I just got you? I don't what remember the name called? of that one, but it's a really good ginger beer. It's the first ginger beer that I've ever had that has kind of like a little bit of a hint of citrus to it. No one else has ever tried that approach, and it's really good. But I can't remember the name though. I have to. Well, you have you have, have this rehearsal. Thank for it. I know. Yeah. Thanks, Greg. He's always looking out, man, for sure. Yeah, I'm out there. I'm out there, man. He's yeah. scouting, making sure no one misses out on their favorite beverage. Right. <laughs> Good job, Greg. Thanks, man. Mailbag. All right, Aaron. So what do you have from the mailbag this time? I have a short and sweet mailbag uh, from Cam Floyd who I have known since I was 10 years old um, from Camp Algonquin. Uh, he said, he, he pointed out that we didn't, I mean, we, we didn't snub Brazil when we were talking about Terry Gilliam, but he, but he pointed out that we missed it. We didn't talk about a lot of Terry. We could, do a, we could do a little segment on Terry Gilliam if we had the time, but Brazil was the movie in between Time Bandits and Baron Munchausen. Brazil's a great movie. Um, it's been a while since I've seen it, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go watch it again. But um, Cam, you said you, Steve, you said you would see Brazil. You haven't seen it yet. Yeah, I've never seen that one. It and totally I don't think Cam, him. I don't think Cam believed you. I don't think he believed you. Really? So I'm setting. Yeah, he said <laughs> something about. He was quoting a movie, I think, and he said like, he said uh, I I I don't want to see it, and I won't see it. You can't make me or something like that. It sounded like it was something from a movie. Either way, oh no, no, no! You know what that was from? He he was saying about the swamps of sadness and what happened. We we were saying we don't want to say it, and he was saying, "Say it, say it." I'm not going to see it. That's what that was. Right. But no, I have not seen. No, there is a chance that if I start watching Brazil, I might go. Oh, wait a minute! I've seen that, but I don't think I have. I don't. don't Well, I'm laying it out for you: the Cam Floyd challenge. All right. That if you don't watch (laughs) Brazil before the next podcast. I get to beat your ass. All right. I, I, I'm going to be in trouble. <laughs> Just like when we were kids and I used to beat you up all over the place. <laughs> you were so, only about eight inches taller than me. And I used to. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, so Cam is one of my my uh, oldest and dearest friends. So that's why the Cam Floyd, we might even need a graphic for the Cam Floyd challenge. Um, but um, oh, consider actually, it done. Cam, Cam got me this Batman statue right here. Let's zoom in on that. Got me this Batman statue years ago. Let's get a good angle. Oh, there he is. There he yeah, is. that's great. Does he have a dagger? No, it's a battering. Oh, okay. Gotcha. So you got to see Brazil. That's why I was have surprised. Have you seen it, Greg? I feel like I did see Brazil. I, it's, been a, it's been a number of years. It didn't, it didn't stick with me like Time Bandits did. But that's, you know, that could have just been me at a young age. You know, it's, it's more depressing than Time Bandits for sure. It's not quite as fun, but it is. And, it is. And by the way, since Cam isn't going to watch the Neverending Story, Atreyu's yeah. horse dies in quicksand. So let's just get that out of the way. <laughs> like I think the spoiler. Wait, you guys have had a couple weeks now yeah. since our last podcast. His horse dies in quicksand. That's right. Yeah, the swamps we of kids, sadness man. got him. Yeah, when we were kids, man. These TV shows and movies had us thinking that everybody's going to die in quicksand. 
I mean, yeah, every single, quicksand every single, around the corner. <laughs> every single TV show and movie had quicksand in it. When I was, yeah. I don't know what the, I don't know what that was. It was just a weird thing about the eighties. I think I don't know. I, yeah. I started to think quicksand wasn't even real. I don't know if it's real. <laughs> is it out in the real world? I don't know. It, it is. It's I, just I way less is. common. Way less common than you might think. Just kind of like synthwave and neon. Nowhere near as much neon as everybody thinks there was in the eighties. Yeah. Same thing. Not, not as much quicksand back in back then either. Right. Right. Well, Aaron, you know what it is about quicksand? They just throw that sawdust in the. Remember the custodians in your school had that sawdust yeah. that they would throw on vomit. They oh, just yeah. put that on the quicksand, and it's fine. Yeah, yeah it's I, it's I was good. very familiar with that stuff because I was throwing up all the time when I was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so had, quicksand. Ever since they invented that sawdust, it's it's yeah. sort of not been an issue again. Yes, quick quicksand was quickly diminished. I remember the janitor, the janitor coming and seeing me and going, and and uh, I threw up on the stairs. Oh, I threw man. up in the gym. I threw up in math class a lot. It was it was a bad time for me. <laughs> <laughs> no joke. Oh my goodness! Okay, so can we get this kid some Pepto Bismol? <laughs> Just yesterday, I got an email from our buddies in Galaxy of Film podcast and uh they asked if we wanted to come back on there um next month they have a couple um topics that they thought either some of us or all of us or one of us whatever whoever can make it um might be good at so we're gonna keep in touch with them and uh pop in their podcast again sometime we had a blast with them on the book of boba fett and aaron you uh were on there with um the batman talking yes. about everything yeah it was great yeah i finally watched the batman aaron what'd you think Batman's horse dies in quicksand. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking so quicksand. Anybody, anybody who's watching this? Wait a minute. You trying to tell me Gotham has alert. quicksand now? Jeez. Yeah, Gotham has quicksand around every corner. Oh, man. Batman has a horse that dies in quicksand. <laughs> Just so you know. Oh, this is terrible. It's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so... We've been away for just a minute, uh, but for very good reason, because we went to Astronomicon a couple of weeks ago, and it was off the hook. We met so many cool people, saw so many awesome things, um, signed copies of New York Ninja album, the Blu-ray, um, man, just met people, exchanged business cards, all that cool stuff. So it, 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 was, it was a blast. It was, it was really cool. Um, I do want to interrupt real quick. What you got before before we get into how awesome it was um i do want to say that it did feel a little bit off because aaron wasn't there that's a good point we, yeah sometimes we, you know sometimes schedules don't all line up and it just is what it is and this time aaron couldn't make it to astronomicon but greg and i held the fort down and uh flew the flag for voyager 3 no doubt thank yeah you but it, it it didn't feel right though i'm gonna be honest thank you i hear you Luckily, at Motor City Nightmares, all of us will be there. Yeah. That's going to be great. Even better. Two clicks up, you know, from the previous. But um, I, I was going to say, I think that Astronomicon is quickly becoming one of my top fests. And I've been to, you know, conventions all around, like the Midwest and even some in Texas and stuff like that. And a lot of them are great and uh, had a great time at a whole bunch of different ones. But Astronomicon, the guys in Twisted, man, they really kind of study um you know what's been done what can be done 
and uh, they really have the fans in mind, and they just they they lay it out. and And if you're a guest or a a, a vendor, you're taken care of. You don't have, you don't have to worry about anything. It's just a top notch, 100% pro run operation. Uh, top I've to I've um I've realized over with our history uh, over the last couple of years, Twisted does not do anything halfway. They're no. fucking. No. Hell no. They're serious <laughs> about their shit and they're super professional, super friendly, and they do it upright. Yep. Absolutely. And their merch ta- their merch table is unrivaled. I've never unrivaled. seen anything like their merch table. No, nah, totally true. And you know, the funny thing is when we had a little break in the action, it it, it was on the second day after I did um the second live, the second YouTube live of the little kind of walkthroughs that that I did one every day. Um, I went up to the guy and I still, I didn't get his name, but it's the one guy who's always at their merch table, every show, every convention, every, everything. And I told him, I, I made a joke with you two about him. And I said that, man, every time I see any twisted show, it's only you back there. I'd never see you have any help. There's never a second guy. And he just schlocks merch all night counting out change swiping cards pulling shirt sizes grabbing vinyl and i'm like how do you do that i go can they get you a sandwich i mean come on (laughs) and he was laughing Yeah, that guy works hard man seriously man like the 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 last time we did something with twisted before astronomicon was uh fright fest which is devil's night um (laughs) night before halloween it was at saint andrew's hall and it's the same thing they had their big huge merch set up down in the shelter and that man worked nonstop all night. Hats off to that guy. He's he's he's, he's a pro. He's something to aspire to, uh, in you know in that bubble for sure. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So we saw all kinds of cool things, and one of the highlights for me in particular was um, it turns out that uh, Paul Bearer Press was actually there with a booth, uh, and Vin- the folks from Vinegar Syndrome, uh, Jenny and Chris, were there working that booth. So uh, they knew of us because of New York Ninja. So we were kind of rubbing elbows and talking and exchanging some stories and having a good time. Uh, and I got this killer shirt from them. Check it out. Sweet. House, House by, by the, the Cemetery? House by the Cemetery, yeah. It's one of my, one of my top favorite Fulci films. And uh, I guess this design is a little bit newer, or at least it's new to me. I haven't seen it before. When I saw that, I'm like... Man, I got to get that shirt. I got to doesn't get that, that shirt. Doesn't that movie have an alternate title? Uh, it has an Italian title, which the name escapes me right at the moment. But I don't think it has an alternate um, English title that I'm aware of. I don't think so. It's possible, though, because a lot of those ones, um, you know, in the late 70s, early 80s, had that kind of thing going on. But no, nothing's coming to mind at the moment. Dig yeah, it. so Steve, you got House by the Cemetery, but look what I got. Oh yeah, man. I'm terrified. Just looking at that exorcist shirt. That is like, that's so good and detailed. That's creepy. <laughs> it just looks like she's just sitting there. Like you could take Greg out of it and it just looks like she's actually on camera. Yeah. All yeah, so, so you guys know how I feel about Paul Bearer press stuff. Cause, um, anybody who's watched the extras video for New York Ninja, when I did my interview, I was wearing a Paul Bearer press. They live hat. And I have it, I had it, I have the all black version, which is a black hat with black screen on it. And, uh, so anyways, we, we met Jenny and Chris and we were talking to him and I, I was going, 
was probably obviously going on and on about how much I like their hats. And, uh, she, she pulled out of like some dark corner of their merch booth, uh, uh, a white version of that hat. So it's like a white background with black screen on it. So now I've got two, they live hats because of that. And I got this exorcist shirt. So like I said, Paul Bearer press has the best horror hats in the game. As far as I'm concerned. And they, they do, do they do their hats on the same ones that we use. So I know that they're you good pong. quality. Yeah, man. Yeah. You know, funny thing flat about Paul. Yeah. Flat, gotta have a snap flat man. Flat. That's right. I, I actually met the actual people from Paul Bear Press probably about six or seven years ago. It was at the uh, House Core uh, Horror Fest that Phil Anselmo put on. Um, oh, yeah. You know, he did like two in a row, I believe, back in like, you know, 2011 or 12. I don't know, something. No, probably like 14, 15, something like that. And uh, I went to the one where they had uh, Goblin there and they uh, did a live score to Suspiria. So I I had to see that. I I can't miss that. So when I was out there, I I saw that booth and noticed that was the first time I, I had ever heard of them. I saw their booth and noticed all the excellent designs they had. And I remember I gave them a seven inch of uh, victory in the battle chamber. And then I followed them nice. on Instagram and I've, I've always kept track of them ever since. And I have a couple, couple of their shirts and you have a couple hats and you know, we, yeah, we, man. Keep, we, we keep them going. <laughs> we, we gave them a Voyager three hat on the same type of hat that they use. So hope, yeah, maybe, right, we'll exactly. see, maybe, maybe we'll see them in that hat on Instagram or something. Yeah. You never know, man, for sure. So an, another highlight that I remember uh, is our neighbors, the ones with the uh, wood paintings. Do you remember their name, Greg? Uh, yeah, Ninth Circle Designs. And I think they're only on Facebook, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I, I think they did say that. So um, at the end of the three days, uh, you know, we had become buddies with them and we were playing our music uh, via um, the laptop, you know, on these little speakers we have. and. The, the one guy kind of is a, is a fan of Pink Floyd. So he asked uh, to, to him what he had heard of our stuff. He was like, I want the war mask one. Uh, would you guys be uh, cool to trade? So we totally did. It's no problem. And uh, he gave us this awesome piece that he did. Check that out, man. That's the, great. Oh, yeah. The Cemetery Ghoul from Night of the Living yeah. Dead, hand painted. Yeah. There's no other ones like this. He does this one and then he'll do it, you know, something else. But this is one nice. of a kind. So we're going to put that up in the rehearsal spot for sure. <laughs> or, no, that should go in battle chamber. Yeah, that's a good point. It could go in the studio. Either one. We'll, 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 we'll get many years of enjoyment out of that awesome art. <laughs> nice. Um, what else? And then, what our, else? And then, then, then we had neighbors on the other side too. And those guys were, those guys were great too. Tony, Tony Mello and uh, John. Oh yeah. Yeah. From, yeah uh, we, we've known John Rock. for many years for sure. Rocket yeah. Inc. But uh, they, they were both there together all weekend uh, selling all their titles. They have a whole bunch of cool stuff, too, just like, you know, down the table, stacks and stacks of, uh, of different titles. So they're, they're always busy creating new stuff. And uh, speaking of comics, uh, our other comic creator buddy, Dirk Manning, was there. And uh, we hadn't seen him since before COVID, so it had been quite a long time. So we chatted. And, uh, oh, I got a gift from Dirk. Are you ready to see the gift that I got from Dirk? Check oh, yeah, this I out. got the same. I got the same thing. Yeah, man, look at this. It's, nice. the, it's the twisted comic that he writes. And this is like a, uh, this would be a trade paperback, right, Aaron? Perfect Bounce. Yes. 
This yes. is issues one through five of The Darkness Rises. So I don't know if one through five is the whole entire story or if it's just up to a certain point, but I'm looking forward. I haven't dove into that yet, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read all that and be up to date-ish uh, on The Darkness Rises. So that's going to be fun, man, for sure. Well, and the overall name of the comic is Haunted Ions. Yes, that's right. right. That's right. Yeah, um, super cool. That's been going on now for... Man, I feel like about four or five years, right? Something like that. They, yeah, they started so. that. Yeah. See, Twisted. So <laughs> they do music. Comic well. books. They do comic yeah. books. Well, they do a convention. Well, hats yeah. off to Twisted, man. <laughs> yeah, and Crazy. it's always good. It's always good seeing Dirk, but this this time really stood out because uh, Dirk has a really good ghost story, and I'm oh, not going to ruin it. This no, was nor great. Am I gonna, nor am I going to tell the ghost story because i think if you end up at a convention with dirk you should ask him to tell you the ghost story but oh yeah please do when whoever's listening when dirk is going to be in your area at a convention when you see him tell him to tell you about the ghost story from, from toledo because, because i will say this dirk can tell a story way better than i can oh obviously yeah. me, so me, me you as gotta well. you gotta hear him tell it so anyhow that was really cool and then you know, one last thing, I don't want to go on too long about Astronomicon, but one last, uh, one last thing was, um, my friend Jessica was there with John. Well, as it turns out, she was there with John L. Tenney and, uh, they do a podcast called what's up weirdo. And, um, it's kind of like a paranormal podcast, but I mean, they really, they're kind of like us, you know, they, they just talk about whatever, you know? And, uh, so we were in the middle of this conversation and uh, we sort of all realized that we knew a bunch of mutual people and we were trying to figure out how it is. We've never really crossed paths like formally. I mean, obviously I've known Jessica for years, but um, you know, John, I think was really struggling with the fact that we didn't somehow know each other before. Right. Because know, on paper we totally should is what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then, uh, you know, so John was telling us, he's like, I'm sitting here and I'm like, you know, we're talking about all these mutual friends that we have and I'm trying to decide like which records I should buy. And like no sooner than he said that, um, <laughs> Jessica spilled her drink on one of Steve's solo records. And, uh, you know, John is John immediately was like, well, that's the universe telling me which, which record I need to buy. <laughs> right. You know, so that was like a really cool moment and they have a, they have a really good podcast and, uh, anybody who's listening should go check it out. What's up weirdo. And, uh, yeah, we'll put a link in our um, description for sure. For sure. So yeah, that was a really that, fun that was conversation. Funny. Yeah, he, so he got um, he got that one, and he literally got that one that has the the, the drink spilt on it on, on the plastic part, you know, on the, mm -hmm. on the outside cover. And then he got a Voyager three album. I think he got Doom Fortress, right? I can't remember I, which what, Voyager three. Yeah, he he asked me to tell him which one to get, and I that's said right. Doom Fortress. Yeah. So talk about like just, you know, some weird uh, cosmic rolls of the dice. That's just crazy that we even saw him at all and then talked, realized we have a ton of mutual friends and then a spilt drink told him yeah, <laughs> which album to buy. <laughs> we have some Voyager 3 news for you. So I think I speak for all of us when I say that we all have a brand new favorite shirt uh, of Voyager 3, right? the undead yeah. absolutely yeah, absolutely killer um by the time you hear this podcast 
it will be on the Voyager3Store.com, V-O-Y-A-G-3R-Store.com. It'll be there in all the common sizes. It's this awesome three-color screen print designed by our buddy over in the UK called Mr. Black Designs. And he actually did the Mysterious Traveler shirt that we have, the one with the spaceship on there. He did that about maybe four or five years ago. So uh, He's done a lot of stuff. He's done... He's got a clutch shirt that I got a few months ago, and I like figure that stuff out and go, "Hey, wait a minute! I bought his shirt for clutch, you know." And yeah, a ton yeah. Of yeah. If, if you if you see his Instagram feed, you'll see um, tons of the work that he does. Um, I've seen Misfits, I've seen Megadeth, I've seen um, man Clutch. I have, um, and just a whole bunch. I mean, he's he he's, he appears to be very busy. So good for him and his work. Um, you know he deserves it his work is fantastic so thanks mr black and uh your shirt will be in the mail next week <laughs> um and then besides that we also have um some news about motor city nightmares um it's uh it's shaping up to be a really dawn of the dead heavy convention which you know for for my dollar it doesn't get any better than that they just added tom savini to the lineup so not only do there we have go. ken foray uh, Galen Ross and Scott Reiniger. Now we have Tom Savini. So I know they're going to do panels. They, they just have to. They're going to have, probably have questions and you're going to hear cool stories um, that you maybe never heard before or heard little tidbits of when the filming happened of Dawn of the Dead. I can't wait for that. It's going to be great. So you want to do yourself a favor and go over to MotorCityNightmares.com and you'll be able to see all the guests. Uh, and at this point, it's like they're announcing a guest like almost every day. Um, and you can get your tickets for the whole fest, which is July 29, 30, and 31. The after party on Saturday night is where we are playing live. We're playing a concert live as well as being there all weekend with our table, selling New York Ninja soundtracks, the Blu-rays, the Undead t-shirt, our other t-shirts. We're going to be just hanging out. So bring stuff if you want it signed. Well, we'll sign stuff that you buy right there. And on Saturday night, we're all going to rock out together. It's going to be absolutely fantastic. I love playing live, right, guys? <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. I'll Plus, be there. Aaron's, Aaron's going to be there. That's right. I'll Aaron's not missing this one. I'll tell you what. Yeah. <laughs> so Aaron's if you want to get something signed by all three, <laughs> this is the one. That's right. You know? And there was a handful of people at Astronomicon that had us sign their New York Ninja Blu-rays. Um, so come out to Motor City Nightmares so you can have Aaron complete the signatures. Then you'll be all good. We've gotten some details on some New York Ninja streaming uh, dates and channels. So the first one is uh, Showtime Extreme, which is going to be Monday, June 20th at 2 a.m. Eastern Time. Perfect time to watch New York Ninja, right? After the bar? Yeah, yeah right <laughs> when you get home from the bar. Exactly. And then um, AMC is going to play it on Saturday May 14th at also 2 a.m. So I would say, you know, double check those dates and make sure that they don't change um, and make sure that you have those channels if you want to watch New York Ninja. It's going to be on Turner Classic Movies too, if you have that channel. Do you have a date and time on that one? Same as AMC. Oh, okay. It's uh, the 14th of May at 2 a.m. But, you know, you know what I did is I have YouTube TV. I don't know how many people have that, but you can just like search New York Ninja in there. And then you just basically, you know, click on the, the plus sign and then it'll just DVR it for you. 
So you don't have nice. to stay up till 2 a.m. I mean, of, unless, of course, you are at the bar, in, right. in which case you should watch it right when it airs. That's right. You'll enjoy it even more, I, I feel. Yes, definitely. <laughs> okay, so our next topic. Um, I thought this would be fun because uh, I know we have collectively seen hundreds of concerts and been to hundreds of con- concerts. Um <laughs> So I, I have three questions that I wanted to pose to you guys. First one is, what is the best concert you've ever been to? Second one is, what's the loudest concert you've ever been to? And the third one is the strangest concert. Um, I know that that's kind of abstract. So it could be just like one event or one thing, you know, that happened at the very end of the concert or the beginning or before the concert started. You know, whatever. I, that 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 one's more weird, but. Um, I thought that'd be fun because we've all been to many shows. The best concert. It's really, that's really tough one for me. And I don't like to, um, cheat at, like Greg does and, and put two or three of them when I, <laughs> when we're supposed to choose one, but sometimes uh, I get to do that. I guess I have to. So this one's going to be a tie for me because they're both super monumentally important in my life. Uh, uh, I'll just go chronologically beastie boys, early 1987 it was like february or something and um it was my first show you know uh my first concert so that's that's a big part of why it was so great but it was also i was so new at this stuff i didn't even know what an opening band was so when murphy's law came on to open i was like why are they playing instruments I was at, it was the Fox theater, by the way, and I was pretty far back and I couldn't see like, that doesn't look like anybody in the BC boys. Why are they playing, you know, why are they playing like punk rock? It was very strange. And I finally understood, you know, that they were an opening band. Second band, what was it? Like 12 guys came up on stage and they were doing like just crazy freakish movements and stuff and freaking out and going crazy. And it was fishbone. That was my first exposure to fishbone, man. And, um, And I just, I didn't know what was going on with the horns and everything. It was, it was ska. I didn't know what ska was yet. It was punk and all this stuff. It was amazing. Um, Then Beastie Boys went on and this was like, you know, in the beginning. So they were doing all the crazy stuff. The beer was flying everywhere. The huge uh, erection that came out of the big box on the stage. um, (laughs) That was like 20 feet tall, maybe, uh, maybe, maybe 30 feet tall um dancers in cages all this crazy stuff that they you know became infamous for when they started out and they were kind of making fun of these things but then they ended up kind of embodying them inadvertently but it was an amazing show um to to start my whole like sort of life in concerts with a show like that 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 was uh, really you know starting at the top the uh, the other one is um just a couple of years later 1989 butthole surfers at st andrews hall um and that was unbelievable um you know that was that was to see them in their in their prime um before they signed a major label you know contracting and kind of watered their sound down um this was this was like prime time butthole surfers and uh it was a scary show you know because they everything they did was weird and creepy and i was only 14 at the time and um opening for butthole surfers was wig so that was huge to discover wig from ann arbor michigan they ended up being one of my favorite bands of all time so there was a lot going on in those early years and um those those would have to be my two tied for best show 
than I've ever seen. Man, absolutely killer. Greg, how about you? So I think most people would say the best concert they've ever been to is also the first concert they've been to. You know what I mean? So I'm going to, I'm going to set, I'm going to set this up. So like when I was a kid, you would have to listen to the radio to, to know what bands were coming to town. Right. So you'd have to have somebody from WLLZ or WRIF or WABX or whatever it was sort of say, Hey, kiss is coming to town. And I'll never forget like being finally of the age where I was listening to the radio and actively like waiting for them to announce kiss. And they finally announced that kiss was coming to Kobo and I just bugged the hell out of my dad. I, I convinced my dad to take me and Kato <laughs> and we invited scope too, but for some reason he couldn't go. Um, but my dad took Kato and I down to Kobo to see kiss creatures of the night tour, which is the last tour with makeup before they took it off for lick it up and, uh, the plasmatics open. So, Imagine my dad taking his 11 year old son to see kiss. And then Wendy O Williams comes on stage and <laughs> almost nothing. Right. But like, electrical tape on certain spots, yeah, all that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then, but like the other thing was like that particular stage was set up like a tank. I don't know if you guys remember this, but like Eric Carr's drums were on a like tank turret hmm. and then the tank would like turn and shoot the speakers and they'd blow up and, I mean, I, as an 11 year old kid, I was just like, I couldn't even get my head around what I was seeing. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was just, I mean, you get, I mean, I was obsessed with kiss since five. So by the time I finally got to see them live at 11, you know, there had been this giant buildup and, and, you know, they did not disappoint. I will like forever. That show will be ingrained in my memory. Just like, you know, asking my dad why it smelled like a skunk. You know, I had Colin there with me. Uh, I mean, just the whole thing. We were way in the back too, and it didn't it didn't matter at all. Like it was just, I mean, so. It, I mean, it's ingrained into my DNA yeah. that show, and it was just, you know, it didn't even matter that Ace wasn't there. It was Vinnie Vincent, but like, I just I could not believe I was there seeing them in person because to me they were superheroes. I didn't think they were like they existed in the real world. You know, it's just like, they were like another TV show or something. But, uh, so that's my best concert. You know, I have a few runners up not to go on too long about this, but like a few runners up that are more, more contemporary, I, I would say. So skinny puppy at, um, the state theater, I'll never forget. And neurosis at, Oh man, I'm going to forget where this was. I, feel I, saw like them, was like, I saw them with you once and it was at St. Andrews, but I know you see them many times. Was, though. was it, th was it the through silver and blood tour? Cause that's when they really just that they toured on through silver and blood. And in that show, like I went into it, not really knowing who neurosis was, but man, like I came out converted. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that was just like a whole different experience than I had ever had at a concert. So I'll, I'll, I'll just wrap it up with that. So, Kiss, skinny puppy, and neurosis. Nice. Man, all legendary things so far. Um, so for me, um, it's a little similar to Aaron for obvious reasons, um, but it was a Butthole Surfers concert 
the it was the one right after Aaron mentioned. It might have been a year, might have been six months. It wasn't that much longer after. So they came back through Detroit again, and uh, I got to go to that one. And uh, life changing because if you've ever seen Butthole Surfers back in the day, what Aaron said is absolutely correct. It's spooky. Everybody's moving weird, and they dress weird, they act weird, and uh, the guitarist um, uh, Paul has, has like this. Lo- he had this long blonde wig that he wore just for no reason, and everything was under strobe light, like the most intense strobe light you've ever seen in your life. So you don't even know what you're looking at, and after a minute, you start to go nuts <laughs> uh, watching all that. And it was the, when it's the first time. You've ever been to like a club show like that? It definitely it, it left a mark on me forever. Like it was that night that I'm like, okay, to to whatever degree I possibly can, I want to be doing live music and entertaining people and coming up with cool stuff and and doing the same type of thing. And it's never changed. Um, so that one is is probably my a a number one show. And that was uh, at St Andrews Hall, and uh, I even I even did this fanzine. I only did it one time, but it was called um, I think it was called Off the Record Fanzine, uh, not to be confused with the old record store called Off the Record, unrelated completely. And I remember I did all the layout on a typewriter because it was before word processing was really a thing, and uh, I I made photocopies at my high school, and and you know probably made fifty copies and handed them out. I reviewed No Means No Wrong. In, in that issue that Alternative Tentacles sent me, and I still have that record to this day. Um, I just listened to it about a week ago. Um, and a couple of other things, and I wrote an article. I even put some like faux ads in there, and I think I did an ad for our Vegetarian Cannibals cassette that we just released at the time. And I was handing that out to the people in line at the concert, because I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a damn maniac. Y'all know that. <laughs> and uh, um, yeah, that concert was life-changing for sure. Then... I have a, a runner-up. I mean, it, it's hard, as you guys said. We've been to so many shows and seen so many legendary bands in their prime, or even before their prime. You know, stuff that people talk about to this day still, like in, in the different genres that we like. So it really is hard to, to pick just one. But that one is definitely the one. But I, I also have another really cool runner-up that I would say. Um, it was uh, 2015... Um, late November and uh, I had bought tickets about 10 months before the show and uh, it was King Crimson in Toronto and uh, my son was born on November 1st of that year so he was only like about a month old uh, and I, I rented a car and took off to Toronto and you know still completely ecstatic that your son is here and he's you know a newborn and so that's cool enough and then I got to spend one night in Toronto to see King Crimson with the uh, the uh, current setup that they did where they had three drummers in the front of the stage and uh, the rest of the band behind them. And uh, it was just an absolutely amazing show. Uh, you know, all the circumstances around that. Because um, I'm, I'm, I'm a huge King Crimson fan to begin with. So to see it in that kind of modern configuration and, uh, you know, everything else happening, it was really cool and very very uh, good imprint uh, on my mind. And, and that was a later one because that was only like about six years ago. So uh, kind of maybe bookending almost, you know, recent to one of your first. So that was, that was pretty cool. 
It's awesome. Now, uh, this one, I, I might know the answers to these, maybe, because they might, they might all be the same. I don't know. I'm not sure. But the next one is, uh, what's the loudest concert you've ever been to? Um, you know, I, I've, I have one answer for this, and somebody tried to call me out and say that it should be a different band, but it's, there's different kinds of louds. And the loudest concert I've ever been to uh, was Jucifer at the Magic Stick. Um, it was so unnecessary. Like, I love volume. I'm a big volume guy. And I like it to be as loud as it, you know, can be under whatever circumstances. But this was stupid. It was obnoxious. <laughs> like, it made me not like the band. I was already not super familiar with them, but... Um, I forget her name, but she had, um, I don't know, 30 amps on stage. Oh my God. Wow. <clears throat> and they didn't even use all of the magic stick. They didn't have, they weren't using the stage that's way in the back. They were cutting off part of the room. So they weren't even, they were playing on the floor and she just had her amps, just like a wall of amps on both sides of the drummer. And I'm like, and I was standing like you couldn't get far enough away for it to not be obnoxious, but I was kind of close and I was like, what is going on here? And it was just so, it was so over the top. You could barely hear the drums. I mean, this wasn't even well mixed and it wasn't even like a good loud, like where you can feel it, you know, as well as hear it. It was all like up here and it was just, uh, I thought I was it was going to damage me, and it probably did. Because yeah, so like it wasn't uh, like a balanced free a balance no. of frequencies. It was just like the high shirtly stuff killing you. Yeah, I mean, it had there was bass too because she used an octave pedal. There's no bass player, mm. but it the, what really stood out for sure was the all these high frequencies, and I was like, dude, this is this is going to put somebody in the hospital. And um, I backed up as far away as I could over by the bathrooms. Um, but it didn't matter. I don't even know if I stayed. It was it was obnoxious. I understand the the overcompensation because they don't have a bass player. So she's probably like, dude, I'm gonna kill everybody I see, every town we go to. They're gonna <laughs> never wonder why we don't have a bass player because they're just gonna be obliterated. Um, but you know, it was like when when uh Chekhov and that one captain in Wrath of Khan get those uh those things crawling out of their ears. That's what yeah. it felt like. Um <laughs> So that was my, that was, the, that was obnoxiously loud. You guys already know my answer because I, I razz you about this show so often. Um, yeah, I went to see, I know, I know, I know what it's going to be. Now. You already know it's coming. And I, there are a few friends of mine that were there <laughs> and I tried to convince more to come, but nobody would listen. Um, to my, to my so, eternal regret that I did not go to this show. Man, I didn't it was, know him. I didn't know him yet. Go ahead. I know, but that just goes to show you that you should always trust me. Well, I do now. You haven't told the people who the band <laughs> So the band is Manowar, and they played at St. Andrews Hall in Detroit. And, you know, the only way I can explain it is Manowar does really well in Europe, but when they play the United States, you know, they're not as popular. And, you know, it's just because... I don't know. People perceive them as cheesy, whatever. But um, so anyways, completely opposite of what Aaron was describing just a few minutes ago, 
Manowar's sound was mixed impeccably. I mean, it couldn't have been mixed any better. It was just so loud. Like, yeah. I could feel my shirt like vibrating on my body. Like I've never been to a show where that it, I've had that sensation, but like it was mixed perfectly. And, and you want to know the craziest part is that there were probably a total of 50 people there. Wow. So imagine St. Andrews hall with like me and probably like, I probably knew half the people there. Right. You know, I know, I know <laughs> Bubba was there. I remember Bubba being there. Um, there's a few others, but I mean, it was so undersold and, uh, but yet they went on and played as loud as they normally would. Yeah. Like they played so loud to 50 people. <laughs> <laughs> that is killer. That's a good loud though. But it was, it was a perfect loud, but yeah. I mean, I just, I, I had never experienced anything like it. It was so loud. Yeah, I, I <laughs> they, so wish they broke I the Guinness Book of World Records. They broke the Guinness record for loudest band back probably around that time. I think. Yeah, God, I remember. It, I, I remember can't even about explain that. it. It's funny that you guys kind of defined good loud and bad loud because cool. my two are one of each. <laughs> um, luckily, the bad was only toward the very end of the show, so I'll go with the bad first. Um, it was Fugazi. And it was the repeater tour. I was lucky enough to be able to catch that at Club Soda in Kalamazoo. Uh, my parents had to drive me to it. I couldn't even drive yet. Um, and the whole concert was wonderful. Absolutely great. They, they sound live just like the record. Like, because, I mean, they pretty much probably just play live in the, in the studio. That's the kind of band that, that they were. Um, and the whole show was great. People were going nuts. It was sold out. I loved it. It was unbelievably cool. But then, like, the last two songs, I, I can't even remember what the songs were um, now, but the last two songs, Guy did this thing, and Ian both. They, they do this thing where they play, you know, above the nut or below the bridge. They, it gives you that really crazy sound, a high-pitchy, um, metallic-y type of sound. And just the way that they did it and whatever if, uh, pedals they were using to boost, it was so ear-piercing that my ears rung for like two days after that show, just from those little segments when they did that weird noisy stuff on the guitar. It was so piercing. It was unbelievable, but I still loved it because other than that, it was perfect club show like that Fugazi does. And it was wonderful. Then my good loud, uh, Aaron, you were at this show. Greg, I think you were too. Um, but it was Pantera on the vulgar display of power tour when they played the state theater in white zombie uh, opened as well as trouble. Yeah. And, uh, that whole show to this day, I've been to so many shows, metal loud shows. There's never been a better kick drum on all three bands than that show to this day. Plus it was just loud, but the kick drum in particular, um, you know, b behind the scenes inside baseball stuff, what a lot of people might not know is that when you either record a kick drum in the studio or live you mix a trigger sound with it so there's like a little trigger on the drum so when you hit it it triggers like a sampled sound like it's from a drum machine or from a sample module or whatever plus they had a mic in there getting the, the real drum sound but they blend the two so somehow nobody's been able to do it as good as that tour i even saw pantera after that um on the same tour or other albums and they didn't have that little 
special nugget of this sub that would just rattle your soul down to 20 hertz, man. It was unbelievable and uh, loved it. And I never forgot it to this day. Absolutely incredible. That's awesome. I remember that. I remember feeling that kick drum and yeah. like us looking at each other going like, oh, whoa. Yeah, what the hell that? is going on? Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. So awesome. Uh, I mean, somebody nailed something that night. It was just perfect. The right amount of subs mixed with the great front of house guy, whatever it was, man. I've never experienced that since. There's been great kick drums, don't get me wrong, but nothing like that one. It was magical. All right. All right. Oh, my my uh, strangest show... Um, was steve you were actually there this was uh i don't know 2001 or something um band called zayo and i went to we went to see them well I, you went along with me i don't think you were into them but <clears throat> went to see them in lorain ohio because that was the closest they were coming on that tour oh yeah and the i'd flying been really machine. into them with the flying machine I was really into them i still like them uh basically one album of theirs but um I'd been waiting to see them for a while and I was super hyped to go see this band. And um, like they had an album called, it was in Latin, but it's called Save Yourself from Hell. And it's all based on um, Event Horizon. And they have samples of the movie all the way through the album. And it's just such an amazing album. But it's a great movie. movie. Finally got to see them, went all the way to Lorraine, Ohio to see them. Found, uh, found out i think when we got there that like half the band had quit the night before and <laughs> so what? i don't they, remember yeah, this how come so, i don't remember this because <laughs> i don't know you blocked it out because it was yeah. so dramatic um and i i don't know if they thought about canceling the show or what but um they went on stage with just the drummer the bassist and one guitarist the singer and the other guitarist had quit the night before what are they going to do? Like, you know, who's going to sing or what? So I think they went up there and um, it looked like a, a funeral. Like they were as down in the dirt in the quicksand as you can possibly get. <laughs> like, you they know, the swamps of sadness, <laughs> the swamps of sadness, dude. I mean, it was, it was, I don't know if it would be any different if two members of the band had died, they, they go on anyway. And they're like all hang dog, you know, they're like not talking, they're not smiling. And I think they were playing just without singing. Mm-hmm. And then I think maybe the drummer sang a few songs like behind the kit. And then the drummer came out and like started talking to the crowd, like, you know, like kind of complaining to the crowd about the stuff that's been going on with them. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. I did and block like, this out. Almost like trying, almost blaming the crowd, like saying that they were judging them. That was when I found out that they were like super religious and um, judgmental religious, like, like uh, as a band. And I was like, what is fucking going on here in Lorraine, Ohio, man, not Lorraine itself, but, just happened where we happened to be and uh, i was so disappointed and you know we had driven like three hours for it two and a half three hours and um yeah it was the weirdest concert i've ever been to a few <laughs> years later they came back and they had more members and it was actually cool and the new singer was super charismatic and not a fucking stick in the mud um so <laughs> yeah that was uh maybe they should have canceled but i don't know whatever that was that was the weirdest uh, show ever. So I'm gonna 
I'm going to go a little more literal with the word strangest. The very first time I went down to the Latin Quarter and saw Guar, I think that's the strangest show I've ever been to because yeah. I didn't even really understand what was going on. Like it, I was at that show, like, but it's before I knew you, and and Aaron was there too. Yeah, I know. We talk about we talk about this a lot. Like we were in the same room and didn't know like how our paths were going to intermingle very yeah. shortly afterwards. You know. Yeah. I guess I guess I had just never seen anything like that before. Um, obviously, I had been to Kiss and I understood theatrics, but like I remember, I don't know. Correct me if I'm wrong. Wasn't there like a fake picket line at the very beginning and a bunch yeah. of religious, yep. religious like fanatics protesting Guar, and then they come 100%. out and like st start shoving like crosses you know, in their orifices and <laughs> yes, all uh, that know, happened, <laughs> all that stuff starts like flying out of them. And I was just like, what am I, what am I even looking at here? I don't yeah. even understand what this is, but like, well, it's funny that you say that because nobody had done that up until that point. The closest thing to that probably was something like kiss or Alice Cooper, right? Things, right. things like that. And Guar took it and, you know, put gas on the fire basically. So you're right. So it was all yeah, new. So, I mean, that's how I define strange, like just like being at a show and not even sort of understanding how how this even works. Like, how does this band put all of this on the in the trailer at the end of the night? <laughs> like, <laughs> do it again the next night, you know? So like that was just it was mind blowing. Like I just it really sort of always stuck with me as being like I, that's the one time I can remember being at a show and not really understanding like it's amazing but i don't know i don't even know what i'm looking at right yeah Guar and, and really it, was like the circuses in town for sure yeah Plus exactly and, and i mean now everybody sort of understands what guar is or was and what they do so it's not i don't know like you can't you can't get back the shock of seeing them sort of unknown you know right totally i can't totally. remember the circumstances of why we went to that show but i certainly didn't completely understand what they were when i showed up well clearly but, you, you also wanted to see agony <laughs> column too I, 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 well i'm I know sure this. yeah i mean <laughs> i know jeff i think jeffy birdie was there with me so he probably wanted to see agony column and maybe that's why we were there but yeah. man guar really like <laughs> they really delivered oh yeah. yeah yeah i mean that was when they were in their prime, well, uh, uh, the next one too, American Must Be Destroyed is also very good. Scum Dogs is my jam, man. Yeah, that, I think that's, that that's everybody's jam. Yeah, and, and that was that tour too. So yeah, they were just like yep. really in their stride for sure. My strange one is more along the lines of Aaron's one where something doesn't go right. Not strange as in what Greg said, but there's no wrong answer. I mean, strange is whatever you perceive it to be, but mine is like obituary. On the incomplete tour, they came through to uh, a venue called Todd's. It's not around anymore. It's at Seven Mile and Van Dyke, basically. And a lot of historic shows there, for sure. Um, but this one happened. I think they were on tour with Agnostic Front, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, uh, all the bands went on and did their thing, and it was great, and you had fun. And then, you know, the headliner, Obituary, you're waiting for all night. And Obituary comes on stage... And they they're killing it like they do. I, I've seen them every time they've been to Detroit, um, almost with, with with no exception. Um, and all of a sudden, like at the third or fourth song, 
somebody jumps on stage and like pushes uh, Frank Watkins around a little bit. So I don't know what happened. I didn't see anything like leading up to this or anything like that. It could have been, it could have been for no reason. It could have been something I didn't see. It could have been something from earlier in the night. Who knows? Um, but you know, as well as I do, when you're a band like that and anything happens like that, you don't touch the band. You know, there might be like a little altercation with a two people in the crowd or a whatever, but the minute a, an actual talent gets touched, all bets are off and, and, you know, everybody comes out and the band stops playing and it's, it's bad news. So as this kind of fight started to break out, um, I, to this day, I don't know what happened. I don't know why this happened, but then obituary said, we're done. So on the incomplete tour, there's such a kick-ass album. Um, th those of you who are fans of obituary, and I only got to see like four songs, three and a half songs, whatever. And that was it. And everybody out. <laughs> so, so strange, right? But, yeah. uh, you know, luckily the, the next album, uh, World Demise, they came through to Harpo's and uh, Greg and I were at that one. No, Aaron and yep. I were at that one. Did you go to that one too, Greg? I can't remember. I'm pretty sure I did because okay. that, that album for me is, I, I got into obituary late in the game. And for me, the first one you guys showed me was, uh, was um, World Demise and, Okay. To me, I, I like the electronics in that one. I, I don't know. I just like the whole like imagery, the vibe, everything. That's that's the mm -hmm. album for me. And I know everybody's going to talk about the incomplete and the stuff before, and that's all you know, fine. But I like World Demise. Yeah. Those first four World World ever World <laughs> Demise. <laughs> first four albums are perfect, but I think uh, World Demise might be my favorite. Maybe I don't know. It's, it sounds the best. I Cause think. of death. I, Cause of Death is probably number two for me, I think. Yeah. Uh, I think my favorite two are Cause of Death and World Demise, I think. But, I mean, they're all good. They're all awesome. Especially. What is it? Leave it in the comments. Are me and Steve wrong? Cause of Death and World Demise? I think we are. <laughs> I'm going to say all four. The only problem is the first one, the production is pretty thin. Yeah. When they Aaron. did the remix remaster, they did improve it, so it sounds a lot better. Uh, it's got Don't more sit on the fence, Aaron. Oh, wait, did they actually remix the first one as well? Yeah, they get, well, I mean, they did something. It's okay. definitely more low-end. I don't, maybe it was a remaster, but mm -hmm. it, it com if you compare the old version and the, the second version, it's night and day. It's okay. just that it still doesn't compare to Cause of Death because Cause of Death is so, so bottom-heavy. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I, I don't know if I could choose a favorite out of those four. I guess maybe, oh, God. Come on, Aaron. Don't sit <laughs> uh, on the fence. You know what? I'm going to go with the first one because even though the production is thinner, those songs are just... Oh, I know. Good. I mean, come they on, man. Till Death hungry. is one of the heaviest songs ever recorded. Did you say uh, Till Death? Yeah, especially with the yeah. flanger on the vocals when it all kicks in uh, and that middle part. Just, Jesus Christ. What you, guys, take it uh, easy. Oh, you're killing us. too much. <laughs> and then they do another breakdown in that song going into the solo i can't handle right it. i can't right. handle how, how great that song is and i mean and they, they re-recorded that one late years later and it's still cool but it's it's not going to touch the performance of the right. original right you know? uh, untouchable that's just a yeah. a sample of of space and time that you'll never yeah. you know, you'll, you'll never improve on that so yeah but pr production on world demise is one of the best i've ever heard oh yeah i mean of any metal record literally yeah. so i hear you and you know what i read a long time ago was that for that recording process they brought in their live sound man to help out with uh some of the like uh prep 
for that. So that you, you, your front of house guy knows something. So don't yeah. don't doubt him. <laughs> yeah, remember uh, remember it used to be a big deal when Obituary went into the studio because they were just known for being like like at the the top of the production game or something you know like it oh, used yeah. to be such a big deal when obituary went into the studio because there was just you know everybody knew that they were going to do like whatever was possible at that point in time obituary was going to do it oh yeah, yeah. You know, like especially in the, the drum department available <laughs> yeah and yep. to this day um donald tardy man that man doesn't use triggers and it and it sounds perfect and wonderful and clear i can hear everything he's doing and those yeah, are all very, acoustic uh, drums, as far as I know. Very, very precise. Yeah, yeah. And he's one of the best in the game, no doubt. The last topic we have for tonight is a really cool movie called Metal Lords. And uh, super enjoyed that movie. What did you guys think of it? Yeah, I thought it was great. I thought, um, you know, I, I we have some friends who didn't like it, didn't think it was realistic, whatever. It's a movie. It's not like your fucking life story, man. Like, I know that we all played music, you know, in, in high school, and they're not going to tell our story, but you have to find the cool things that you can relate to in that story. So I thought, you know, there were definitely things that I remember from high school being, being an outsider, playing in a metal band or punk band uh, when no one in the school was into that stuff. Oh yeah, um, I could relate to the movie. Now this kid, yeah, he was obnoxious. I mean, Jeff Uberti was talking about like he would have wanted to punch him too. Yeah, Jeff, you wouldn't have wanted to punch him. You would have, you would have thought he was okay because you were, you would have been a fucking teenager, dude. Not the age you are. You would have related <laughs> to him. You would have. Right. And think about this too: is that you would have wanted somebody else who was in your bubble, so yes. you would have been more tolerant of that too. And it'd be yes. like, oh, you know what? You're all right, dude, because you have some of the same patches I have on their jackets, yeah. you know, things like you, that. <laughs> you might have told his ass to calm down, you know, and stop being so obnoxious. But look, he has to go through some kind of character arc. And by the end of the movie, he's he's uh, kind of come come around a little bit. So they have yeah. to tell a story, a dramatic story and, and over and exaggerate stuff, you know. So, um, yeah, I thought that kid was great. Um thought it was a great performance by that kid the hunter hunter the uh the singer guitarist yeah and, um, adrian greensmith is the actor adrian name. yeah greensmith nice name greensmith. yeah because um, yeah, think because think about it like you know i sort of get where jeff's coming from but like to me that means that he was effective as an actor because you do want to punch him you know right. what i mean like yeah. that that means that that guy who obviously is not a metalhead in high school was convincing enough to make you want to like that. He, that's what he was going for. Like right. he, he, he got you to dislike him. You know what I mean? Right. So that right. to me is, you know, and, and I'm not saying like, this is the best movie I've ever seen, but I, like Aaron said, I, I could find elements in it that I related to because we talk about Colin a lot. I talk about Scott a lot, but like when I came to my grade school in third grade, the first thing I did was find the other two guys in that grade school. The only two guys, by the way, at that point in time that like kiss and that was Scott and Colin and I've been yeah. friends with them ever since. So like there are nuggets of truth in that movie. It, it wasn't the best movie I've ever seen, but it, it was also, I thought it had enough like references where you could tell that they sort of did their homework. And, and like you said, 
you know, you end up want to you want to punch the main character, but to me, he did what he was supposed to do. He made you dislike him. You know what I mean? And that's good. That's good acting. It was the uh, other kid, you know, the, the drummer, Kevin, who you're supposed to, you know, empathize with more, you know, and cause right, he's exactly. just getting into this music and just, just getting into drumming and trying to like get good at it and all that stuff. He's like the, 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 the normal kid, you, you know, right. so there's that balance there. And, um, one of the other cool things is the dad, Brett Gelman, who was in, who is in stranger things. He's the reporter in stranger things. who was like trying to uncover right. the stuff that he could yep. speak with and all that. Um, that guy is a great character actor. He does commercials and all kinds of stuff on TV. And yeah. Steve, you remember Stick It in Detroit that Justin yep. and all his guys did? Yeah, he was yeah. in that. It was Hot Rod Johnson. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's so cool to see that guy over the last 20 years or so, you know, become this like go to funny supporting character guy. You know, he, he's awesome. Yeah, for sure. I, I'm glad that you mentioned that because I, I, I had a note here <laughs> to, uh, to bring that up too. Um, yeah, he's come a long way. Um, he's been in a lot of things. I mean, main, main, uh, uh, actors sometimes, you know, like a, a leading role sometimes. And he's also been in like voice work for like a uh, family guy and American dad. I mean, he's been all over the place doing just working all the time. And, uh, uh something I was going to mention is that the, the main guy did a, a really good job of making you not like him at first because you're not supposed to you know it's you're supposed right. to he's supposed to grow on you obviously and also he realizes that he needs to chill out a little bit mm-hmm. but tell me if you guys picked up on this at all um sometimes it seemed like he was almost bordering on poser as well because like he put more of like the looks and the imagery before the substance like you know he had all the you know, spiked armbands and the, and the makeup and all this kind of stuff. And then you, you were wondering like, well, can he even play? Cause they didn't really ever play that much. They, they tried to try to get it started and it didn't work out. Like in the beginning part, then a huge middle chunk of the movie, they never really played. They did show you the drummer getting better and studying all the records. He told them to, to check out. But then when the time came at the talent show, um, he brought it. He's, you know, yeah. that, that riff was solid. The band came in, it was great. And, uh, the solos ripping, you know, and, they, and yeah. they filmed it that way to make you feel like he's floating on air, man. This is great. Yeah. He's in his moment. Um, and his vocals um, were good too. Yeah. 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 And another cool aspect of it was the choosing to have a cello. I mean, yeah. to me, that was like punk rock, not metal. That was like, you know, going against what you think, you know, if, if, if anybody was going to write down that band on paper, they'd have a bass player. Of course they right. would, but nope, right. we're going to do a cello. <laughs> and it was yeah. sounded awesome because there's sounded- a few yeah and there's a few acts out there now um that actually is like two guys who play cello and they sit side by side and they do like iron maiden stuff and other stuff you 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 can youtube it and check it out but they use like overdrive on on it too so they're like distorted and they cool. sound like different things you know it's not just like classical cello at all yeah. so i'll give you I felt a, like I'll they were tapping into that a little bit right you know yeah I'll yeah. give you a current band that has a cello player, Leprous. I just went to see them. And uh, I mean, obviously they have a bass player too, but they also have a guy who plays like an electric cello on stage with nice. them. So, and does he have some I mean, effects on it? Yeah, I mean, of course. Yeah, that's awesome. So, I mean, it's not that far-fetched, you know, but uh, again, I mean, 
I don't think this is the kind of movie you go in thinking it's going to be the Godfather, right? It's just kind of like lighthearted, lighthearted, and and it and it pertains to our interests. So you know, I, I don't know. I just it, it is what it is. You know, I yeah. thought it was good. Yeah. I mean, it had a great soundtrack and awesome, cool posters on the wall. And if they can get a couple kids out there to say, "Oh, this is kind of cool. Let me check this stuff out," and get into metal get into heavy music if they can win a couple of them over from the shit that's on the radio um that would be cool that would be a victory and uh so that's what i thought yeah and you know another um aspect that i picked up on in in my opinion i think they got the uh high school vibe pretty good pretty accurate um because i'll tell you what this this is gonna be hilarious and aaron i think you knew i did this i'm pretty sure you did um, but it made me remember, um, something in, I was a freshman in high school and my school had a battle of the bands every year and, uh, you could try out, you know, you get three other people together and you do, you know, whoever, whatever band, you know, that, that you could think of. So my crazy butt decided I'm going to put together a, uh, an air band, uh, uh, um, battle of the, cause it was air bands too, by the way. So you didn't actually play in, in, in the one at my high school. You would just like do air guitar and, and, and mime everything. And then they play yeah. the track over the PA. That's how ours was. So, you know, there's people doing whatever was popular at the time. I don't even remember anymore, but stuff that you would probably see on MTV and, and stuff like that. So my crazy out of my mind self says, I'm going to do, um, an MDC song. <laughs> so, so <laughs> this skinny freshman kid comes up and we do corporate death burger and we did not get picked to go to air band. <laughs> That's how that ended. Cause you know, you, you have tryouts, you have try. I, I guess I forgot to mention that whoever wants to do this, you know, two weeks before the actual air bands, you have tryouts. So we walk up there and we do corporate death burger and they say, okay, thank you. Have a nice day. Next. <laughs> Yeah, so Scott and I did something similar. Like it was in it was in uh, junior high school. They had a battle of the bands, and, and Scott and I had been playing together. But like we were just basically learning how to play instruments, and uh, we ended up getting this guy Rob Lee to play bass, and he had no idea what a like the bass wasn't even in tune, and we didn't know or care, I guess. Yeah. But but I'll never forget. Like we played Cat Scratch Fever, and we didn't even like try to play the whole song. We just kept playing the main riff over and over again. Yeah. And then like, we didn't even sing it. <laughs> it was like, it was like an awesome. instrumental version of cast scratch fever with the main riff just a hundred times with yeah. a bass player who was out of tune. And yeah, I mean, it was, we didn't get picked either, Steve. That makes right, you feel better. Right on. Yeah. Hey, but, but now we're making our own music. So we're the, good. That's where I met the guys who actually like, I ended up playing with them and that's sort of how I learned how to play music with people. So it all ended go. up good. So how's that for some, uh, review of, of a film? So go see it. Which, uh, which streaming service has it? Is it Netflix? I think Netflix. Right. Yeah, that's yeah. a Netflix movie. So go check it out. It's, it's worth a watch, you know, and if you're a musician and, uh, remember trying to like first start a band and meet other people who, you know, want to play what you want to play in high school, I think it'll strike some, chords with you it definitely made me remember some stuff and and and, uh recall some vibes and and some of the awkwardness and and being in the minority because at my high school nobody knew what my dead milkman shirt meant 
at all. They were like, what is that? It's not White Snake. It's not Kiss. What is that shirt? <laughs> Nobody. <And> I, <laughs> I, I will. I will call some BS on how nice that kid's drum set was, though. Come on. Well, well, that's because drum. of the dad's credit card. That's well, why. That yeah, was. <laughs> no, I, I understand, but like that kid never paid his dues to deserve a set like that. Come no, on. see, yeah. that's what I mean. There was like a little bit of dash of that poser stuff in there, a little bit, because like back back in the day, we had all just junk, and we had to yeah. make it work, you know. And I, and I love how he fit that thing in like a tiny little hatchback. There's no way. No hell no. <laughs> he had all he had all hard cases. There's no way that thing was fitting in that car right <laughs> but you know i'm being i'm being super cynical at this right point. right all right fellas well i believe we've covered every notch of uh topics we had on deck for today so until next time until the next v3 cast keep a lookout on our website for more updates and we'll see you soon